Hey everyone, this is Ethan. For all you long time listeners, and it has to have been a long time because it's been a year and a half since we started, about a year since I was on the podcast. You may remember me. Uh, I was the initial host of the, of the podcast. And well, I'm back because Andrew's back. After two months of having two incredible guest hosts um, covering the, the month of February and March, Andrew's back um, to jump into a topic that, well, I'm very excited about and very passionate about. And so without further ado, and with a fun surprise coming, let's jump right into it. Just the three of us hanging out. By the way, this is Vanessa, everyone, who's been longtime listeners, first-time callers. She is the, the one who makes this all happen. How are you doing, Vanessa? I'm doing okay, I guess. <laughs> Wildly okay. <laughs> Let's dive into that for a second. I feel like I'm normally doing okay because I just got put on the spot. But, you know, let's let's get the show on the road. So, um, guys, what what topic are we exploring this month of April? You're you're right to the point, Vanessa. By the way, those those, those girly giggles in the background—that's that, that's me. Yeah. yeah, definitely not. Do you, guys, Vanessa. do you guys remember Andrew? I mean, Andrew, how have you been? By the way, <laughs> two months now, you've been off the hook. It's true. How how has it felt? What have you done with your your time? I, I all the time we've given you back. I have been watching my wife grow a baby. That is consuming like ninety percent of my time. Actually, not just watching her grow a baby. That's weird. But yeah. preparing for a baby. That's what I'm doing with my time. Now. How's it going? The like, baby? Yeah. Like, where are we along? When oh, is it coming? Awesome. How do you feel? We are two months away from the baby being born, and I am fucking terrified. I don't think I'm prepared to be a father yet, but we'll see. We'll figure that out. <laughs> we should do a... A full survey. How many people think Andrews? Yeah, let's not <laughs> let's not demoralize him. So, I mean, on that topic, or slightly related to that topic, this this month's topic and theme is what we are looking at: environmental art, earth art. Uh, so this month it features Earth Day, right? Yeah. And so when we started kind of talking through that, we were like. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There's this this entire sort of corner of the art world that's dedicated to um, using. Well, there's it's really it's it's pretty vast. There's a lot of different aspects to it, but um, whether it's kind of using landscapes as the medium of the art or using um, sort of ecological issues as sort of the artistic motivation, um, there's this whole sort of category called earth art or environmental art that we're trying to focus on. So we're really excited about that. I would say the differentiation is between earth art, eco art, land art, and what those diverse factions encompass. So obviously, like all the people we're going to interview will be artists who are championing some sort of environmental practice within their process, meaning they, whether or not they want to enact change, or maybe it's just purely aesthetic it has to have some sort of tie with the environment. So that's why this month's theme is kind of a, a broad terminology of environmental art. Because if we were to label it eco art, which is a conversation we were having, eco art, at least for me, the way I understand it, is very specifically involving activism and you're changing the ecology of a place or you're trying to reincorporate some sort of positive change within that area whereas earth art land land art is more aesthetic and conceptual yeah so 
the people who are going to be bringing on to the podcast this month is going to be addressing those different themes, those different mediums, what that means to them, how they interpret that, and how they express that through their creative process um, and diverse factions within that umbrella of what environmental art is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's worth saying, too, like, I'll speak for myself. This is not an area of the art world that I know a whole lot about. Yeah. And so a lot of this is going to be talking to the different artists and the people that are participating and, like, actually learning kind of what these different disambiguations are um, and figuring out kind of where where the art ends and the conservation begins and all of that fun stuff. What – um, I mean, aside from from Art Day being in April or Earth Day – because what is it? What is this saying that without art, Earth would just be eh? Or is it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> now you're challenging us. Can any of us pull that quote out? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I don't um, know no. But what what was it that inspired you guys or excited you to want to tackle this? Was it just sort of not really knowing about you know this this type of art or being environmentally conscious here in San Francisco? Yeah, I think the um, you know Earth Day kind of started the spark. Yeah. And I think um, for me, it's sort of this big, broad category that I've always thought was really interesting, really cool. You know, when you talk about land art and these sort of like macro um, installations that are using, uh, you know, natural features as part of the artwork, um, it's something really interesting. But it's something that, again, I don't know a whole lot about. And so I'm really curious just to kind of get into learning a little bit more about the people that are, are doing it and doing it well. Vanessa, what um, what do you think? Like, what's the historical context here, or or the historical context to like bring it into like the relevance today for you in thinking about this? Um, I mean, I'm gonna second Andrew on not being an expert. I know, like, the very basics where 60s and 70s Earth art is kind of when the terminology emerged. You know, um, just this. What I would be interested in exploring is this transition from. I think, or at least my interpretation of what happened is this shift from it being purely aesthetic and conceptual and just kind of behind the message of like using earth and nature and these natural products around you and becoming a part of the landscape and using the landscape as your medium. Mm -hmm. Like the transition from that to what we're seeing now, or at least what I'm seeing more now with contemporary artists is this angle towards activism and wanting to very I don't know if aggressive is the right word but it's very much more in your face in that what we're doing is we're trying to enact change whereas I feel like when it first emerged and who knows if there's a correlation there between like you know climate change and policies that are happening and like you know politics and the conversations around that but I feel like when it first emerged it was very much of bringing attention to the natural landscape of a place and like that inherent beauty and starting conversations around that versus what I feel like we're seeing more so now is a very pointed and purposeful discussion like this wanting to be the catalyst for those discussions and wanting to inspire communities and people to really engage with changing their behavior and caring about the earth and the environment and these 
spaces and places where there is a need for mm-hmm. help and there is a need for some sort of consciousness of like you know of our presence and i feel like that i don't think that that's that was the main message when the the whole like land art movement started i think land art was very much about aesthetics sure and just like deviating from or branching away from the mainstream media mediums of the day and i could be wrong like i don't know no i mean but that's the point of these conversations that's my interpretation and that's kind of what i would be interested in exploring is do the artists who are working in those mediums now see that or do they have a different interpretation was what we know now as eco are always around from the 60s and 70s do they when do they faction off from land art and earth art or do they feel like they're encompassed within that general category those are kind of the things i'm interested in great yeah and i think like so vanessa's perspective is definitely very much about like what is the aesthetic what makes this actually art like let's talk about from the artist's perspective, right? Like, what is the creative element? Um, I'm also, like, the neat part of this is I don't think you can, like, divorce this from uh, the fact that, like, we have ecological crises right now. Um, and for me, like, in my nerd brain, uh, one of the things that I find really Do you have another brain? Uh, I have several <laughs> brains. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, no, but, like, my nerd brain is, like, with the whole, like, global warming crisis, it, it feels like such a big problem, and whether you're talking to the man on the street, or whether you're talking to a scientist, or whether you're talking to an artist, like, it feels like such a gargantuan thing to try to tackle. Uh, but I think, like, you know, anybody who has skin in the game with this problem knows that, like, it's going to take attacking this problem from every angle possible to actually do anything about it. So for me, like, I'm really curious to kind of get an artist's perspective on how, you know, how can culture and art move out to actually deal with all this? It's just like, it's a very relevant perspective. I also will say, like, one of the interesting things is that, like, there's always some ecological uncertainty. And I think that, like, as you look through the history of people art, with my little bit of research, like, we see whether it's like ozone issues or, you know, whatever, like, historical sort of rainforest deforestation stuff. Like, this is a repeated theme. And so it's really interesting to examine, like, how artists look at space and where we're coming from. Yeah. And I, um, it is exciting because, you know, when we started this podcast, it's all about learning. And I think it's funny because people often come up to us and like ask us questions or what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And you're like, I actually have no idea, yeah, yeah. you know? And so this is, you know, again, a topic that, that I don't know a lot about and none of us do. And so we're just, we're excited to learn who, who are we bringing on or who are the types of people that we're going to bring on, um, over the next month? Well, we're, again, I mean, like, as Vanessa kind of pointed out, there's, there's a broader way people that under this umbrella are in the art and I think we're going to try to like get as broad like stroke as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, eco art is like it's a trendier term, but it is one very specific thing as far as we understand. Eco art is, is really around the activism of how do we actually create art that will actually meet the little name of a specific phenomenon, right? Um, whereas something like land art is is um, you know. There's always a common thread of like we want to be green, we want to be non-damaging to the environment, we want to be materials that are being used. Um, but land art is more about using the land to really change 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we talk about the guests that are in the room, we're really going to try to make sure we get people across the spectrum so that they can answer that question for us. What are the differences from the perspective of environmental art and how environment art should be Great. All right, so we're going to learn... And help me summarize this. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna learn what we're gonna learn some some of the historical context about like where this sort of land arts come from and where it's going. Right. We're gonna learn what else. Second, kind of the different uh, the different verticals within this like environmental art and And the third, Vanessa, maybe. <laughs> okay, fine. We're putting her. Put we're we're gonna put her on the spot. Fine. We're gonna, we're gonna learn two things this thing. We're really excited. Well, I would also how the artists themselves define whatever they're doing like do all eco artists consider themselves eco art you know or i guess rather the question would be do all environmental artists artists do they faction themselves off into these different branches or do they just like not give a shit like you know because at the end of the day is it just one unifying message of just being more environmentally aware or is there? Do they feel that there is a separation between eco art, land art, earth art, you know, what have you? And that's what I would be interested. In. And also, I'm, which I may have been mentioned by Andrew before, is I'm interested in this idea of like audience. Mm-hmm. Like, do you need an audience for it to be considered art? Because a lot of what we're going to be looking at is they're almost like happenings or performances or just they're very ephemeral. And they're gone. So some of these artists are doing photo or video documentation. Some of these artists are just doing. And that's their art. This is a, a perfect transition into our rapid fire. Yes. Because we are going to do a group. And this is going to be ever the first ever group rapid fire. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Literally, I had this down. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it make a noise? And I don't want a yes or no answer. Give us something insightful here. Yes, because who needs to be there to be to hear the noise or to validate the noise? Like there could be nature, other creatures, or noise could be a vibration felt by the living things that exist within that landscape. It's all about vibration, bro. Causes a vibration. Good so vibrations, baby. <laughs> the best answer I heard was that it, it it does create vibrations, but if there's no human ear around to hear it, then it doesn't create a sound. But then, so then you're saying that sound is dictated by a human ear. Oh, okay, fine. This is not a rapid fire. Okay. So there's a painting in a cave that nobody else that was That was the best rapid fire question I had, but I had to jump to it because it was such a perfect segue. Okay, the next is a really quick true or false. Is this a, it's not a true or false, it's an either or. Is this a vegetable or a fruit? Okay, are you ready? <laughs> Cucumber. Vegetable. Pumpkin. Vegetable. Vegetable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Common usage. Orca. Orca? Yeah. Whale? Is that what it comes from? No. That's exactly where my mind went. You mean the corn thing? Yeah. Vegetable? What are you talking about? The little okay. tiny corn. Okra. Okra. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I spelled it wrong. Okra. Okra. Vegetable. You guys are all fucking wrong. These are all fruits. Literally, these are all fruits. Seeds, Tomato, cucumber, pumpkin, pepper, pea, eggplant, 
okra, olives, avocados, corn, zucchini. Also known as orca. All <laughs> no, fruit. Okay. But I'm going to nerd out on you for a second. Would you drink a fruit smoothie made this, out of those three ingredients? Yeah, this is a rapid fire. Would you? Yes, okay. you would. Last year. Last question, rapid fire. What year will it be when the first person lives on Mars? Who gives a shit? It will be, what are we in now? 1923. I'll say 2043. Okay. I have no opinion because I literally do not care. All right. <laughs> Well, hey, there's an environment on Mars. That's the whole, yeah. Tune in next week as we launch this amazing theme. Excited. It'll be awesome. By the way, this is Ethan. I don't know if any of you remember me, but it's been a pleasure. I'm here and Vanessa. All right. Boom. Love it. <laughs>